Welcome to the Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you'll be blessed by this message from Senior Pastor Marty Manuel. Well, I want to share today on uh, what I've called walking with a right spirit. And um, this is an interesting topic for me because I've touched on um, Psalm 51 a few times where David says, Lord, um, renew a right spirit within me. But just this last little while, I've been dwelling on that a little bit more. And I've even asked the Lord, and I do this regularly um, in my time with the Lord, is I ask him to ensure that I have a right spirit. Now, you might think that's kind of strange to be asking the Lord all the time, you know, make sure I've got a right spirit. But when we become self-aware enough to know our weaknesses and to know our limitations, I think it's a very fair question to ask. When we look in the mirror of God and we say, Lord, is there sin in me? Is there guile? Is there wrong attitudes, wrong thinking, wrong, wrong motives or whatever it might be? When we get really, really honest with ourselves and we become so self-aware that we're no longer worried about anyone else because we, we're consumed with ensuring that our hearts are pure and right before the Lord, then... I believe he really does go deep and he shines a new layer of light upon our hearts. And we can then go to a new level of spirit purity, of having that purity flowing through our spirit. Karen and I say it regularly, you know, when when we'll meet someone and they just and they just really, really it might not even be what they say, but we just say, Wow, they have no guile in them. They don't want anything from us. It was there's just a beautiful nature in that person. And, and it's a really nice meeting when you meet a person like that, when you have a conversation with a person like that, isn't it? Because they don't want anything from you. They're not trying to sort of put any of themselves on you in a, in a, in a way that you have to sort of pull back. But there's just that purity on them. And you just think, wow, they've got no guile. There's, there's nothing in there. Um, and it's a beautiful thing to be around. And um, so today I want to focus on walking with a right spirit. That is not walking around your block with a right spirit, but the walk that we have, the life that we live out, particularly related to relationships. Does that sound okay? All right. Well, yeah. All right. Remember the crows won? I got a better cheer for that. All right. Here's, here's what I've realized, that any lack in our identity of knowing what real sonship is often becomes those blockages or those filters or those behaviors that bring in a wrong spirit. Now, I don't want to confuse this with being demonized or you know anything like that. What I'm talking about is, see, when David sinned, Psalm 51. He cries out to the Lord. He'd sinned. He'd committed some pretty bad sin and he was feeling guilty and he knew that the Lord could see all of that and he wanted the presence of God back. He wanted intimacy back with the Father. He wanted the presence of the Holy Spirit back. But he knew that repentance was needed to wash him clean. And so he's repenting and he said, Lord, Lord, renew a right spirit in within, within me. And so David in saying that was saying, Lord, draw close to me again. I want that position of, of intimacy with you. And when we and he, he wasn't 
he wasn't uh, saying, you know, cast these demons out of me or anything dramatic and that happens and sure, that's a whole nother, nother topic and different day. But he knew in and of himself, his spirit was out of kilter. And that's what I'm talking about today when I'm saying, you know, uh, and I don't want to so much focus on the wrong spirit, but what I want to focus on is the right spirit. But, but a little bit out of kilter is enough out of kilter for there to be a slightly wrong spirit. And it may be in our mannerisms or in our relationships or in our conversations or in our expectations of others. And so I want to bring that out a little bit today. Um, here's the... Here's the um, the main statement, I suppose, for today. And this is something that I've really noticed when we hang around with Wayne and Irene, that there's something about them that, that, there's, that, that I suppose I can't really even sink my teeth into necessarily, other than saying there's like a, a sort of truth that runs through them and their relationships that we've never really seen before. And so when we're talking with them, there's, there's this arrow of truth. There's no guile. There's no expectation. If we're out of line, it's spoken. If we're in line, it's blessed. And there's this arrow of truth and righteousness in our relationship with them where we know we can't manipulate them. We know we can't, we can't drain them because either way, there's going to be truth in the relationship. And it brings a new level of honor and a new level of respect, but actually a new level of love, even if it's brought about with correction. And so this, this, this word truth, I want us to take hold of that. You might want to write it down. You might want to meditate on it this week. Do I have truth running through as the backbone of my relationships with people around me? Is truth? Or is there, is there a slant, a slant, something slightly off kilter where I, I prefer to talk about this or all I do is small talk because I can't get to the truth or all I do is distraction because I don't want the truth. And if we don't operate in truth, then unfortunately something else creeps in. Because in the void of truth becomes lies. In the void of truth becomes shadows. And we don't operate in shadows, we operate in the light. And our light's meant to be out there, shining forth, shining brightly. But when the light comes, it shines light in the darkness. So there can be no guile. There can be no um, lies. There can be nothing out of kilter because Jesus is the light of the world. And so 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Let's turn to there. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. I, I heard a funny thing the other day. Isn't it funny what people have a go at like politicians, and here's a really random one, Donald Trump, right? I don't even know whether I like him or dislike him. But one day I like him and the next day I think, what a wally. I mean, seriously, dude, at least get a haircut. But, <laughs> but aside from that, aside from that, um, I heard critics of, of Donald Trump saying, hey, see, he, he tries to get all the Christians in by reading a Bible verse and um, he doesn't even know how to pronounce 2 Corinthians because he said 2 Corinthians. And I'm thinking, well, I've said 2 Corinthians hundreds of times. And I've grown up 40 years in the church. And so it's amazing what we can get, you know, we get trapped into. And, um, and I know that's totally random, but please don't listen to hardly anything you hear in the media 
research it, find out the facts, find out what's really going on, find out what agendas and motives are behind the statements and the lines because we need to be people of truth, not people who just suck in whatever headlines going on and, oh, now we have to do this, now we have to do that. And, you know, and it's very easy to do because, as you know, I like to follow what's going on politically. I like to follow what's going on in events. And, and so I have to find myself, when I read one of those really sensational headlines, um, you know, uh, I mean, I won't even list some, but you've seen them. You know, even Facebook has them all the time. It's like, whoa, I basically cancel out 50% of it straight away. Um, because there's, there's an element of truth in it, but that, that sensationalism has so bombarded it that it's now out of kilter. The truth is now out of kilter. There's truth in there, but it's out of balance. And so we want truth in balance. And um, anyway, so 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. How's that? Donald will be proud. Examine yourselves. That's enough right there, isn't it? Two words. Examine yourselves. Don't examine everyone else. Don't monitor everyone else. How are they behaving? How are they going? How are they measuring up to my standards? And I know this because I became a professional in this art. And I know maybe some of you touched on that throughout your life. But we fall into this trap of comparison, comparison, comparing people to what we think they should be like. We've never been given that right to judge everyone and align them up to our standards. Now, the word of God is true. And his law is true and his rules and his heart and everything is true. But he's a pretty good judge. Our job is not to 90% of the time make sure everyone is doing the right or not doing the wrong thing. Our job is 2 Corinthians 13, 5, the first two words. Examine yourselves. It's, it's, it's like a whole Big Mac upsized meal deal in two words, isn't it? I know you, no one eats that stuff anymore, but um, it's, it's, it's a big, whole lot of meal in a very, very small two words. But this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to bring a searchlight within. He wants to bring that searchlight within us so that we no longer are worried about what everyone else is doing, that we examine ourselves and say, Lord, make a newer right spirit within me, within me, within me. I won't worry so much about what they're doing because I know it's going to be 10 years of examining me. And this These words are really powerful. Let's read the rest of it. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you'll discover that we have not failed the test. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. That people, not that people will see that we have stood the test, but that you will do what is right even though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. What he's saying here is he's encouraging us to stand for the truth, but to stand for the truth, we must have the truth living and flowing through us. 
I heard a really good statement this week from a pastor, and he said that, I, I hope I get it right, um, it's terrible when you requote someone and you get it wrong and you think back later, that was wrong and everyone heard that and it's, now it's on record. An incorrection is on record. Um, anyway, um, but he said that um, it's not accuracy that uh, brings about the, the, the fullness. It's not accuracy we are after. It's authority. And I was dwelling on that this week and I was thinking, well, that's actually true because... I could be any old person and I could quote a lot of scripture really accurately. But if I don't live it, if I haven't examined myself, I have no authority over it. And this, this is the part about us taking full ownership for who we are and who we believe in. Do we believe in Jesus? Do we have him living inside of us? Is his searchlight roaming around trying to purify and cleanse and bring about the best of the kingdom of God in us? And, if, and, and this is what it's saying here, that Jesus himself, his testimony in us will do this purifying work. And so I, I think that's actually a true statement. It's not actually accuracy really we're after. I mean, even in the prophetic, pr- plenty of prophetic people can be accurate, but it's actually authority to carry that. It's authority to even have the right to speak like that or have that platform or have that insight or, or have that responsibility over people because it's a big responsibility. And so uh, I think that's a really true statement. But to have authority, we really do need to go deep. We need to be authentic. We need to, we need to and this is what I often do. I think I've said this many times, but um, when I'm sort of spending time with the Lord um, in the mornings is, is I picture him there with me. And as soon as I do that, I can't really have too many other agendas because when, when Jesus is in the room with us, we're confronted by the light and the light goes through us and it examines us and it tests our motives. So if in that day, if I'm in unforgiveness or bitterness or, or maybe criticism or whatever it might be, in that time, in that time, that searchlight goes through me. It goes through me and I'm like, oh, okay, I need to deal with that. And he's in the room right now, and I'm going to deal with that. And so every day there's this washing, and I I find um, I haven't found a perfect human being yet. Maybe it is attainable, but I still haven't found one. Uh, But I know for me, I'm not perfect, and I need that daily washing of truth going through me. And um, I think that in our relationships, this is key, and I think this is key for Christians, non-Christians, but, but let's put it in the category of for believers, in how we relate to one another. In keeping truth in how we relate to one another, it's very easy to fall into compromise of truth. And what I mean by that is it's maybe not lying, it's maybe not overtly doing anything wrong, but it's a compromise of the truth. Because the, the truth is, I, I love you, um, but I need, to, I need to tell you something. The truth is, I love you and I'm actually sorry that I've harbored bitterness toward you for uh, stealing my Lego or whatever it might have been. As I thought of an easy one, you know. But... You, you know what I mean? It, it, these little things that come in between us in our relationships, when truth is in the centerpiece of our relationship, it may mean love, it may mean tough love, it may mean honor that we don't even feel like giving, but truth is in the room. And so in every relationship we have, if we put truth as number one, we're probably going to operate differently. Now, um, 
in different cultures, it's, it's completely different all over the earth. I mean, obviously in India, they shake their head when we nod our head. And in you know, Germany, they're just very strong. And in Australia and England, we're a bit more laid back and we don't like confrontation. And, and so, you know, culturally, we've got to understand where we are and who we're relating to. But what I'm trying to really bring out today is an upgrade in truth. An upgrade in truth. Because when we have that crystal clear truth with one another, there really is love can flow stronger. I've, I've, we've been exploring this for the last few years in having relationships. When we actually have authentic relationship and we actually honor one another, we don't compromise anymore for what used to be a relationship. Our relationship used to be, hey, how you going? I'm doing good. You're doing good. Everyone's doing good. All right, see you later. So that wasn't necessary. It may have been fine, but was that truth? Was that truth? Hey, how are you going? Um, you know, you don't tell them you've got bags under your eyes and all this sort of stuff. It's the worst thing you can ever say to someone is you're looking tired today. Let's make that a rule in this house. Never tell anyone you're looking tired. Have you ever felt good when someone said it to you? So let's not say it. I've never, I haven't heard too many people saying it, but let's just put that down as one of our house rules, right? Um, but what we can say is pull out of the gold in them. And I'm sure in the last month you've seen them do something good or you've heard them worshipping or something like that. And so you bring that out of them. And that brings truth into the room rather than heaviness. And it's, it's, that's actually God's truth because God doesn't really mind if they didn't get much sleep last night. Who knows? They might have had three kids up crying. We had that for years. And I'm sure I've had bags under my eyes and Karen has, you know, probably as well for, you know, a decade or more. But, you know, now we're in a zone, although Karen looks amazing. She never has bags under her eyes. Do you want to come and have a comeback? <laughs> Anything you want, you can go for it. <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes the kingdom of God operates in microwaves. Not microwaves. They're demonic. Microwaves. I'm, <laughs> I'm just all right. Whole nother, whole nother ball game. Whole nother ball game. Microwaves. Microwaves. Very, very micro. When we distill down the kingdom into the ways that God operates. I mean, look at, read, read the Gospels. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's four of them, I believe. And um, <laughs> I know Andrew mentioned three. <laughs> he was actually being, he was, he was correct in what he was saying. But microwaves, in very small ways. Jesus operated, I mean, we, we love to, in supernatural churches, we love to major on the supernatural. We love to say, oh, Acts chapter 2 poured out Holy Spirit and everything like that. We, forgot, we forget sometimes that Peter got up after that and preached a long-winded sermon. So there's the, the, the rules, there's the right for preachers to preach long-winded sermons, right? <laughs> but I don't know whether it was long-winded or not, but what I'm saying is sometimes we can major on certain aspects and forget that the kingdom of God is very practical. It's very practical, and it's, it's not so highly super spiritual that no one can even get us. Uh, um, some people who set themselves up like that actually become irrelevant, 
And we don't want to become irrelevant. We want to be so relevant that we don't compromise, that truth is in the relationship, eye-to-eye truth, so we're authentic with one another, but that it's okay to say, hey, I love you, but I need to sit with you for a couple of minutes and we just need to work through something. I just need to get this off my chest. And without putting anything on the other person, we take full ownership. We don't blame shift. We don't take a bag and throw it on their shoulders. We, we take it within ourselves and say, I have felt this, this way. It's, it's, it's kind of not right for me, so I need to work this through with you. I love you enough to be able to do this. And this is what happens in community. This is, I mean, this is why... When, you know, things can start out really well in even the book of Acts, you see they're all giving to one another, they're sharing to one another. And you often hear, I've heard over my life when some people sort of radical say, sort of throw out these radical statements, hey, we should all just be like the New Testament church, sharing everything. Normally they're the poorest people in the area and don't want to work. But, you know, they say it anyway. Um, But, you know, we should be sharing everything. We should just be, you know, sharing food and cars and all this sort of stuff. And it sounds really nice. But, hey, that comes out of a move of God. That comes out of truth being fully released upon people. And, and that, that can happen organically. There's nothing wrong with it. But let's at least get the really, really little things right. That is you and me. You and me. Let's put truth in the relationship, truth in the room, so that no, no gray areas are around. And, and it's like a different way of relating. I think for Australians, this is like a big deal. Because we're so good at not doing this. But then we don't realize we're in this little hole of not relating truth. We're relating shadows. And so we, we can't really relate in a way that actually is like in a straight line. But it brings about something out of, out of us that carries authority. Because when we can look people in the eye and... Um, no, I, I won't go off on that tangent. I think it's, it's going to just throw me today. But it was a Tony Robbins saying, so um, no, I, I won't, I won't. I've heard you loud and clear. Um, <laughs> um, but what I, I'll, I'll get back to my notes. R.T. Kendall has a fantastic saying that Karen and I quote to each other fairly regularly, and it is, is this. With relationships with people, but this is same with ministries, this is same with businesses, this is same with sporting teams, it's the same with, but particularly in relationships. When we first start to have a relationship, or even, I hear this a lot about people who first discover a new person in ministry, who, uh, the first stage is illusion. Illusion. Everything is so perfect Everything is so amazing about this person. Every doctrine, every word, every look, every hair fling, everything is so amazing about this. But you've never heard or seen anyone like this on the earth before because they are just amazing. Have you ever encountered that yourself? It's, it's illusion. They're not that good. They're a human being. I'm not being rude. I'm being honest. They're a human being just like you, just like me. And then, and then the next stage, I don't know, maybe it comes in a few months later, is disillusion. Because we realize, oh, they're human. They've let me down. And this can happen in our personal relationships. And then we get disappointed. 
and we realize, oh, okay, that was all an illusion. They're not that perfect. And so we, we swing the pendulum the other way. And then hopefully, hopefully some stage after that, reality sets in. Now, I've given you enough ammo today for you to know, especially if you're a visitor, to know that real, we're just reality straight up, right? Don't, there's no illusion with me, okay? I'm not perfect. I've already thrown out a few things that it may have shocked you. So that's just to like, okay, it's reality with me, okay? But, but this is a healthy thing for us to recognize in relationship because if we ever realize I'm in illusion phase, we can slap ourselves and say, okay, I'm going to go straight to reality, because they're a human being, whether they're in ministry or in the workplace or a new person you've found socially or anything like that. I'm just going to go straight to reality because I know that they're a human being. They may let me down. So truth is going to reign in my relationship from day number one. And I'm not going to expect from you some supernatural thing that's going to make me any better. I'm not going to expect from you and drain out of you anything that I'm in deficit in and try and withdraw out of your bank account in, in the sense of your human account. But but what I am going to do is have truth in the relationship. So here's truth. I, I love you and let's get to know one another. And I'm not going to expect from you. Let's learn about one another. And this is such a healthy thing to do. We actually get such honor and authority in our relationships. And I think it happens on an on a individual scale. It happens on a corporate scale. Because then we have enough awareness of ourselves to actually love people. Because if we truly love ourselves, we're going to be aware of our weaknesses. If we truly love ourselves, we're then going to be able to properly, authentically love other people. And this is not a relational seminar. And I, I, I'm not really intending it to be. But um, here's a couple of really quick things that you might be able to remember as I try to sort of wrap this whole thing up, to help. In one-on-one -on -one relating, am I taking or am I giving? Or am I lifting or am I loading? Am I taking or am I giving or am I lifting or am I loading? So what am I giving that person in my relationship with them? What am I giving them? Am I giving them a load or am I lifting the load? Am I giving them love or am I giving them something else? Do we have truth reigning in our relationship or do we just have smoke and mirrors all the time and we actually don't really even know each other? In fact, I don't even really know what things you, you like and how we can actually relate because this is often when we live in a, a hiding zone. Maybe we don't want people to see us. Maybe there's been hurt. Maybe there's been rejection. Maybe there's been all sorts of things that have made us form behaviors that actually, uh, actually put us in a box so that we can't relate in truth anymore. When we can relate in truth, we can relate in honor and we have authority. If we relate in the shadows all the time, I believe our authority is diminished. Does that make sense? And so 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. If we want to keep a right spirit, and we want to walk rightly, we need to walk with those who walk rightly. We need to honor that righteous gift in them and that right spirit, and we walk with them, we learn from them. If we are still hanging around socially and we're feeding from troughs that have wrong spirits in them, we are going to drink of that trough whether we like it or not. Iron sharpens iron, but it works in reverse. 
And so it's really important if we want upgrades and we want purity and we want the kingdom of God to come. But if we want want to have authority in that, that we have right spirits. That is a right spirit with ourselves, with the Lord, and then a right spirit with one another. So that we don't want anything. There's no false obedience of sort of, okay, I'll do what you want me to say, but I don't really want to do it anyway. Don't do it at all. It's, It's the worst thing we can do. Or, or maybe uh, there's this word going around now, unsanctified mercy. I think it's a great saying, but it took me about uh, 10 days to actually work out what is unsanctified mercy. But it's when, it's when someone, you know, comes up to you and they're just like, oh, oh, you poor thing. Uh, have you ever had that? You poor thing. Uh, there's no real truth in that. They've just put on you this load. This, this weighty thing, and you just walk away going, oh, I am so poor. I am. I feel terrible. In fact, I feel ten times worse now because you've just highlighted everything poor about me. It's unsanctified. It's not holy. It's not lifting up. There's no truth in that. It's, it makes that person feel better because they've just gone, oh, you're worse than me. Awesome. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So they feel a little bit bigger and walk away going, you've got my bag. I feel a little lighter. It does nothing for that person. It's completely unsanctified. It's completely unholy. It's not truth. It's shadowy and it's polluted. And so when we have right relationship one another, we esteem one another and we exhort one another. Then we go higher with one another and we can encourage one another and we can actually believe for more. And this is, this is what the testimony of Jesus really is, always bringing out more. That's what prophecy is, bringing out more, telling truths that aren't seen. And it's bringing out things that are deep and, they're, and they're, we want to bring them out. And when we do that as people of the light, when we have truth shining through us, when we operate e- even on the streets or in the shops, and you know, uh, it's, it's dramatic when, and Shampa does this actually, when, when she's here, you'll notice she does this. And, and people who carry that, we want to be around them. We want to learn from them. Have a look at your relationships. Is there truth operating in those relationships or is there shadows? Is there manipulation? Is there false obedience? Is there unsanctified mercy? Is there, you know, flattery going on where it's not really real love for people or actually honoring one another, but it's just flattery. It's just hot air. It's not actually genuine. Genuine, authentic love, people can feel it. They can see it in our eyes. They can hear it in our voices because it's real. And that's where we gain authority. I know it's really micro today, but, you know, it's really small. But these small things make a huge difference. They make a massive difference. And when we give each other permission to operate like that with one another, sure, we might need to get through some things. But what siblings don't need to get through some things in the house? Of course they have to get through some things. They don't divorce one another. Oh, I'm going to the family down the road. They've got a better car in the driveway. You know, better music playing in the garage or something like that. It's ridiculous. It's not family at all. It's anti-family. And so, of course, we're going to have to work through things. Hey, you know, there's, there's things that we'll deal with in the next 10 years that will we'll bring truth and will bring, you know, balance or structure. Of course, we're going to do that. That's what leadership's all about. But We'll do that in a way that's bringing us out into our destiny and into the kingdom of God, which brings light. And the world needs light right now, right? So let's stand. Thanks, guys. Put your hand on your heart, and and we just want to pray together. Lord, we pray today. We thank you for your word, that it sharpens us. 
We thank you that even right now, I am sharpened by your truth. We pray that truth would reign in this place. Your truth, no other truth, no other manipulation, no control, nothing else, nothing false, but the truth of Jesus Christ and who you are, the personhood of Jesus, would reign supreme in our relationships and in our lives. Lord, we pray this morning that if there be any guile, manipulation, control, or wrong agendas where we have recognized this morning that we put on other people, we repent of that this morning. We repent of it right now. I repent of it. I take responsibility for my faults and, and my areas of weakness in this area. And Lord, I ask that you would wash us clean, that you would reform us, that you would give us an upgrade in the kingdom of heaven, Lord, so that here on earth we can be your disciples, we can be your voice, we can be your power, we can be demonstrators of the kingdom of righteousness. And Lord, that you would, you would release truth, even in this house, a spirit of truth that we will carry with us. And in our relationships, truth will reign. So no guile will be found in us. We say like David in Psalm 51, Lord, take not your spirit from us, Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Lord, we ask that you do that over our church. We ask that you do that over this whole property. We ask that you do that in each and every one of our hearts. Lord, so that honor and authority can get an upgrade. Lord, we ask for your authority of the kingdom of God to be released in this house today. We thank you for your glory. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your power. And Lord, we ask today for great things to be released. We ask that even in our relationships this week, something will shift when the spirit of truth reigns supreme. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you for every single person here this morning. I thank you for this church family. I thank you for what you've done, for what you're doing, and what you're going to do. And Lord, we pray blessing over every home. We pray blessing over every marriage. We pray blessing over every child. We pray blessing over every job, over every study, over every arena, every relationship with, that we have. Today, be a blessed day in Jesus' name. Let today be an upgrade in Jesus' name. Victories where there's been defeat in Jesus' name. Healing where there's been sickness. Faith where there's been fear in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, even now, that an anointing of faith would be released upon your people. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome. Well, why don't you give a couple of people a good hug if you're happy with that. If you're not, give them a handshake. You can set your boundaries, right? <laughs> Bless you today. If you want to come to Aldingi, you're welcome down there. Otherwise, have an awesome week. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.